A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On this episode of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking cause marketing. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome. We're on cause marketing this episode, and next week we have a great discussion about analyst relations with Duncan Chapel. Just talked with him yesterday, and I'm really excited to get this one in your ears. Might even end up being two episodes. On to today. We're talking with Cheryl Victor, an old friend of mine. We go back to the turn of the century when we had adjoining cubes at a dot-com startup. Oh, the good memories there. Cheryl went on to bigger and better things and moved into the cause marketing and corporate social responsibility area a while back. She's now vice president of marketing and communications at the Museum of the City of New York, where she has responsibility for all of marketing for the museum educating the public about its distinctive character and its heritage of diversity, opportunity, and perpetual transformation. Hope you enjoy the discussion. Let's get to it. Carol Victor Levy, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Oh, Mark, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So what is cause marketing? So cause marketing really has a broad definition in terms of encompassing a few areas. One could be seen as uh, corporate social responsibility, incorporating sustainability under their best business practices on how a company is run, to forging a relationship between a brand and nonprofit to do good. A lot of companies and uh, nonprofits view it in different ways, and there's many ways to kind of skin that cat on marketing cause. So how does cause marketing differ from marketing, say, for a commercial business, which you have a lot of experience doing? Yeah, so I'm pretty fortunate because I originally started my career in the for-profit world, spending a great deal of time at media companies, including MTV, VH1, USA Networks, and Hearst Magazines. And so I was exposed to a variety of different models in terms of marketing, whether it's licensing, which you become more of a revenue generator, but it's brand extension, so it's considered marketing, to you know general promotional marketing and working with cable providers like DirecTV or AT&T and marketing the cable networks through them. And so... You know, my exposure there, it was not only as a marketer, but as a revenue generator. And how, you know, cause marketing takes shape really has to do with what the goals of either the brand and or the nonprofit are. And you ultimately want to have the same results in terms of 
generating awareness, hopefully generating profit or donations for the nonprofit, potentially employee engagement for the company. It takes a lot of forms. And so the way to really look at it is you're not really just marketing a product or a service. You're actually marketing the halo effect and the do-good effect to have some sort of positive result on society, you know, have some sort of social impact that can be, it can be measured in a variety of ways, which we can talk about, but it's not really something that leads directly to shareholder price or to bottom line. We're finding more and more ways to kind of evaluate that, but it takes different forms. Like uh, if you're a brand, employee engagement, awareness, engagement across your social channels, press relations, you know, PR coverage, employee loyalty, employee retention, things of that nature if you're at a brand. And if you're at a nonprofit, you're looking at increasing your donations, elevating awareness of your brand, of your nonprofit, and engaging communities so you can build community in that way. So does it take a different kind of passion? Do you find yourself using different muscles or brain cells than you did you know, when you were working for VH1? So I think the way to look at it, yes, is because I think you have to really look at it uh, from the nonprofit's perspective, but you also want to look at it from the brand's perspective, depending upon which side of the table you're sitting on. Um, but always keeping both in mind and always being aware of what the goals of each of the partners are in mind. You know, I've been on both sides of the table on the agency side, worked with brands who were looking to forge partnerships and helping them market that partnership or helping create partnerships. Then on the nonprofit side, always putting my brand brain on or, or company hat on and being able to think like they think and having their goals in mind, you know, speaking the language that they wanted to hear, always keeping their goals in mind when developing strategies, being aware and mindful of their implementation processes and how it fits in with their overall marketing. So I think just being able to be aware and mindful and strategize using kind of both sides of your brain, if you will, but always with the same goal in mind. Right. It's usually about elevating awareness, driving engagement, driving donations or driving it, you know, engagement for employees. So it really encompasses both sides. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. So Cheryl, tell me about the museum and what you do there. So at the Museum of the City of New York, I lead marketing and communications. And it's a really great opportunity because we have what I call an embarrassment of riches in terms of all of the stories that we could be telling or that we are telling on a daily basis about our exhibitions, our public programs, our FAO Schwartz Education Center, and all the great events that we put on at the museum. And I think that in talking about what kind of differs between a cause and a commercial business is that I don't look at the museum as a cause per se. Even though we have a different business model, if you will, I look at us as a business and as a brand. And so my team is focused on 
what our revenue generators are. I mean, that's how we prioritize how we're marketing and how we're doing public relations and digital. So it's everything from attendance and exhibitions to third-party rentals. We rent the museum out for corporate events, for weddings, for bar mitzvahs, to our shop. I mean, all these areas are generating income. And so our focus at the museum and the way we do marketing is always about like, is it generating revenue? What's the priority? Um, where, How are we bringing in that earned income? And what are the most strategic ways to do that? And so it's funny because when I walked into the position it really enabled me to kind of start and create a foundation for everyone and really flip everything on its head to say, we need to look at ourselves as a business and this is the way we need to market ourselves and not think of, you know, donation, donation, even though it's really important, it's thinking of the model in a different way. It's almost experience marketing, right? That's what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, because we are creating experience within our walls, but we're also doing it more digitally outside of our walls. And besides our website and social media, really getting into content generation in apps and creating experiences and piggybacking on other experiences that people are creating digitally, you know, whether it's um, digital walking tours or being part of a bigger campaign, let's say with the transit system and leveraging our digital collection. Like we digitize over time our entire collection. We have upwards of, you know, close to a million objects. And so to do that and to show kind of our thought leadership in a variety of areas, we want to extend our collection digitally and our experience beyond the walls. Knowing that we don't necessarily have the same user or visitor we might have a different user outside of our walls versus the visitor who's coming into the museum itself. So you teach at NYU now, and, and what's your sense of the next generation of people coming into business or people coming into cause marketing or marketing in general? So I think in terms of the next generation of marketers, I think that a lot of them, because they're mostly digital natives, I think they look to quantify things mm -hmm. rather quickly. And I'm not always sure that they look at the broad view, though, and think always strategically. And I think that because of technology and its accessibility and the instant gratification of things, I think that they look for the, the quick solution a lot of the time and successes all the time. And I think that they miss the long view of things. And I think that just probably comes with maturity and perhaps experience. And so that's what I would say kind of for the next generation of marketers. And I think that everything is just a success. You're only as good as your last data point. And I think that's what's kind of missing from things. But I think that the people are very earnest and I think they feel that there is more value to enjoying your job and making a difference and creating social impact or making an impact and doing good in exchange for 
perhaps making money. I mean, I think there are opportunities out there, especially in the larger companies right? and and, and larger uh, nonprofits. I think people mistake a nonprofit for not paying well, but I think that there are a lot of, you know, there are institutions and there are larger nonprofits that pay, you know, a fairly decent salary. So I think that people make that mistake of thinking that a nonprofit, you, you know, it takes a while, but I think that it's it's absolutely possible. But the point is, is that I think that they find the value for their own personal life to be able to make an impact with what they're doing day to day. And I think they're also more aware globally and and domestically regarding issues and being open to learning and open to listening. Whereas I think perhaps some Gen Xers or even baby boomers are more set in their ways. I think they've been exposed to so much more. I think there's more of an opportunity for them to have more of an open mind. Right. So you have hope for the future. Yeah, I do have hope for the future. I do. I think that we live in very challenging times. And I think that we are being challenged to really rise up and to do a lot of good out there. And we should be inspired by a lot of the good and a lot of the hard work. And there's an awful lot of people who are dedicated to that. And I think that we have to be aware and mindful of that to keep us going. Right. So I think it's important for the business world, for people's, you know, personal lives to never lose faith. Right. The arts and things like that are why we live in many ways. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I just attended a presentation by LaPlaca Cohen called Culture Talk. They're very well known in the culture field, like, you know, arts and culture. So performance, museums, art, etc. And the top thing that people are looking for to engage with some sort of cultural experience or institution is fun. People want to have fun and they also want it to be an analog experience. They're not necessarily tied to the technology. They don't want to use technology just to use technology. It should really have a purpose. Right. And so there's a lot to be said in terms of what people are looking for these days in the way that they're interacting with a cause and interacting, you know, with some sort of cultural experience or an institution. So they want, I think that's important also is like, I think there's lots of ways to make it fun, fun for yourself, fun for your team, fun for your employees. And I think there are a lot of great programs out there in the way of cause. And I think that's probably another differentiator is just keeping that more top of mind and and injecting that into uh, the marketing. That's great, Cheryl. Cause marketing. Cheryl, I really appreciate you being a guest here on Confessions of a Marketer. Sure. It's great to be here. And thank you for having me. really want to thank Cheryl for the chat today. Next week, we have Duncan Chapel of Kia Company, and we're talking analyst relations. It's a terrific, insightful discussion that I think you'll enjoy. What do analysts get wrong about marketers? What do marketers get wrong about analysts? We talk about it all might spread this into a couple of episodes. It's that good. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. 
Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc. and this episode is copyright 2017. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.